right, here we go. Um, episode number. This is episode number 124. Holy crap. 124, No Laugh Track Podcast. This is Justin Severson, the host. Thank you, Circle of Heat, as always, for letting us play uh, your music there at the beginning. Uh, like them on Facebook. Follow them. They're, got, uh, they're a local band here in Minneapolis playing a lot of shows, uh, especially right now. They've got uh, some gigs Wednesday nights. Uh, so look them up and see them. I've done it. It's worth your time. In any case, time to get to my guest. He's been here before. I have. He's been here twice before. I have, I have. He has not been here alone, but he's ditched Chris Bliss. Fuck him. <laughs> Jay, Elvis, Josh, Weinstein. How are you? Good afternoon, sir. Hello. So what, so what What happened? You and Chris broke up? Let's get down to it. Uh, it's just, just shaking things up. There's no, uh, there was no discord uh, between us at all. There was just, uh, you know, I, I've been doing a lot more stand-up lately, and I just kind of, you know, wanted to... See what the hell my act was like. That's not what he says. Well, you know, he talks out his ass a lot. <laughs> he's old. He's starting to slip a little. You know? <laughs> the dementia is uh-huh. you know, not prevalent, but, you know, there it's there. When you spend enough time with him, you see it. Exactly. Yeah. So how much... Let, let's start off with, right with that. How much comedy are you doing? What's what's going on? How You're out on the road on your own. I'm not really out on the road. No, I'm still, you're, you're just I'm, out on the road I'm in I'm doing sets in L.A., and then I go on the road to, like, real... To hear, pretty much. <laughs> to hear, um, pretty much. Uh, you know, but uh, just I'm just trying to make more of my, you know, more, a bigger part of my life uh, now. Making stand up, you know, as I've as as time passes, I realize more and more how that's just how I identify myself in the world, you know. And whether I'm writing a TV show or directing a movie, it's like I feel like I'm a comic writing a TV show and a comic directing a movie, you know. And Are you so. against that idea at some point? Uh, I was never against it. It was just life, you know. You know, if we work on a TV show, you're working 14 hour days, and you're not doing stand up. Yeah, know? and so there could be there would be entire nine month patches where I just couldn't do a set, and yeah. so it became less and less a part of my life. And so, I mean, part of you know, luckily Lewis Lee always gave me a week here. You mm-hmm. know? So there was always at least something keeping my uh, foot in the in the pond, and uh, a reason to write new material every year, and a reason to you know care about it still but now i just i do more sets in la now and uh it's just you know like i said a bigger part of my life how often like what do you um you know i'm trying to get it so i can do a couple few a week but you know i've been doing one every couple weeks you know which for me is a lot in la right you know if you average the last 20 years but uh, (laughs) i suppose (laughs) but uh you know i'm just trying to find places where i like doing it there and trying to sort of reintroduce myself to people and you know because i'm you know i'm neither beginner nor am i a fixture you know sure, yeah, so it's yeah. just starting you know andy kindler has been helping me a lot but. yeah i saw you i saw uh you tweeted did you work with them like on monday or sunday yeah or sunday night before i came here i did a show at uh chris hardwick's nerd melt room in uh in hollywood which is a cool room it's really considered one of the best rooms in doing stand-up in la now it's so. his room what do you mean he has a nerdist you right. know mm-hmm. has a they they basically run a comedy room in the back of a comic book store. Oh yes, okay, I have heard about Trip. this. Yeah, uh, Meltdown Comics is the name of the place, and there's this and there's a comedy room in the back called Nerd Melt, where a lot of uh, you know really great people play, and, and they fill it up. Boy, that's got to be like the ultimate comedy nerd hangout. Just nerd. It's pretty nerdy. Yeah, yeah right? it's a pretty nerdy place. <laughs> right? So. And I have nerd cred. Yeah, obviously, know? so I, I'm not that cred. good a nerd, but I have major nerd cred. <laughs> 
Those are two different things. They are. Yeah. And I just, you know, I try to play the latter because if you, <laughs> if you pretend to be a good nerd, you will get fucked really quick. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no slack cut. No, people see right through that. Yeah. yeah. I also saw that you were here uh, Monday night. You do the open mic? Uh, I just came by to see it a little bit just because, uh, you know, I'm doing this documentary about Lewis and Acme and uh, this trip to Asia, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yes, but, we will. Um, Absolutely. You know, and the open stage is a big part of why this club is what it is. You mm-hmm. know, it, it was really the building block of everything that came because yeah, you know, yeah. he started training comics and audiences simultaneously. And so when you come in here on that Monday night and see this place just packed Packs. out, yep. you know, it's like it's great. It's yeah. great to see this vital thing that's all about people trying to get better, you know. Yeah, I think I saw what a uh, Brian Miller, uh, I think he put it on Facebook or something. He mentioned that you, he saw you here and David Crow, another headliner, yeah. was hanging out here Monday night. Yeah, it's you know it's a good energy. You, know? you never know who you're going to see. Uh, so you're still, I shouldn't shouldn't jump too far, but you're still working on that movie, the documentary. Oh yeah, it's at, I'm on the early side of the spectrum on that one. I've I had a previous documentary that I made that's done, and I'm awaiting festival you know acceptances. Um, but the the one about stand up in Asia is uh, I'm just starting to edit now. Oh okay. Did, we, so do you have cameras here now? I'm gonna have cameras here one night this week just oh, to are. sort of get some B-roll of the club and to you know place me on stage and show you know who's show the audience of the movie who's telling the story that he's a comic. Yeah, know? yeah. Okay. Well, let's go back. Let's see here. So first of all, let's talk about the. I know you've mentioned it uh, with me before here. The one about uh, Michael Daybar. Daybar. Yes. yes. Now, since we've talked last, I have looked him up, and I definitely because when we first when I first heard about him from you, I didn't know who the hell that was really, right. by name. Now I, you see his face, you know who he is. Right. People look him up because he has done quite a bit of acting in addition to yeah over the music. fifty years yeah. too. So it's from you know to Sir with Love in nineteen sixty seven with Sidney Poitier to CSI last year. You know. Oh so, okay, yeah. You know, with Rockford Files and WKRP. And, yeah, yeah. You know, every you know probably a hundred and some guest spots on TV shows. Over and what did I read? He replaced. Peter Cetera and Power Station or no it no. was uh, Robert Palmer Robert Palmer that's yes. the guy Robert Palmer I get those two confused Peter Cetera was Chicago that's right Power yes. of Love yes. I get those confused <laughs> so uh, that thing you're that's done all wrapped up that's all done there's still some uh, just you know some rights clearance bullshit that I'm dealing with but it oh how know, is that going it's it's not no there's no problems it's just oh. lots and lots of details need okay. to be need to you know it's a signatures and whatnot. it's a 50 year career with uh, lots of uh, TV clips and songs and photos and so you've you know. pulled all that stuff you know to get it included in the yeah you know a lot of it is fair use when you're doing a documentary but there's when it comes to music there's no such thing oh so. yeah and this is a guy who's had a you know a forty plus year you know there's there's lots of record labels that don't exist anymore and lots of, <laughs> yeah uh, what do you hunt down you know his first record label was like on, was Deep Purple's record label and then his next one was Led Zeppelin's record label oh, wow. and then you know and then wow was, so it's just you know there's lots of lots of players that you have to wade through but so next year at this time where do you think that's going to be P- people will have been seeing it I think people it'll be it will have been on the festival circuit for some time it'll probably premiere in the you know in, in January or February at one of a few possible festivals yeah and then uh, I've uh, I've entered it in several others including the Minneapolis St. Paul International so if anyone's listening <laughs> the people programming that festival hometown boy come ah, on come on feel good story um 
so yeah, you know, that's I will, you know, I will get it out there and then hopefully get distribution for it, and you know, it'll either hopefully hopefully have some kind of theatrical run, but you know, most likely, like so many docs, end up on Netflix or something eventually. That's so, all right. Yeah, Netflix is a great place to have things land these days. Yeah, my God, they do their, you know. They've got their own uh, original programming, you know? Yeah, no, I think Have you heard of Orange is the New Black? (laughs) No, I haven't. Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so that is done. Now, um, since that uh, Acme Asia trip, I've talked to Tom Segura's been here. Right. So we've talked to him. Chad Daniels. I have not seen Pete Lee since then. So I've had stories from both of them, two of the three. And I knew that you were along uh, making this documentary. Yes. You didn't perform at all. I did perform, well, you but did. not, uh, it's, you know, just sort of tangentially. I, perform, I, did a, I did guest sets in a few different shows because I wanted to feel about what, you know, what uh, I had anxiety on their behalf for like what material is going to work over here, what's going to, you know, and so I wanted to feel it myself. And so I, I did a few sets. How did they come back? Did Lewis from Acme here, did he ask you to, or did you say, hey, I hear you guys are going? No, Lewis called me. Lewis had no. I mean, I've known Lewis obviously for like literally a quarter century. Now. Yeah, yeah. So, right. Um, so you know, he knew that I, I had just made this other doc, um, and then you know, so he contacted me, and we were going to look for other money, and then um, then I sent him a copy of the doc I had just made, and he was so excited about it. He's like, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna finance this, so no one will get in your way." You look know, at that. I want, I want you to make the movie that you want to make. And if we get other money, they're going to tell you what to do, and I don't want that. So, yeah. So it was, it's like really like you know the chance of a lifetime. No for kidding. Me to, I didn't know those details. That's yeah. Incredible. So Lewis, you know, and plus, I, you know, I had done, I had actually taken a crew to Asia for my last doc. I went to Tokyo for a week. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So you know, and that, but it was all me. You know, I was, you know, it was my money. It was me producing. I had a producer, but you know, it's like all the responsibilities really fell on me on that trip when was that this was in 2012 okay um so to go this time over there and just and not and just be able to be the director you know and not have to be in charge of logistics and not having to you know line up all the gear and having you know it was just like it was such a pleasure creatively yeah yeah to have that stress taken away from me and just be able to like make a movie and and you know get all the footage I could to come home with and fuck with for the next year. Did it work out? I mean, what do you think? Do you have it a good did, feeling yeah. about it? Yeah, I feel really good, and you know, it was you know, in a lot of ways, it was a love fest. You know, because it was you know, every, you know, everyone involved loves Lewis first of all. You uh-huh. know, and Lewis loves all these comics yeah, you know? for sure. So and you know Tom Segura and Chad certainly had you know hit it off and had a real sort of bromance going that <laughs> week and that's the vibe uh, I got you yeah. know and you know so it was like you know and it, you know it was it's exciting that there is a, a comedy scene forming over there it's a young comedy scene in Hong Kong and Singapore and yeah. a few other places and you know so it's all you know for me it's really a love letter to stand up you know I haven't. I haven't shaped it into the form it's going to be yet, but really, you know, what's, you know, there's a lot of stuff about what I think is great about stand up that showed up in this movie, including just, you know, comics hanging together. Yeah, that's know? the first thing I thought of when you just said that, actually, is the just know? comics hanging out. And, and, you know, it's a rare opportunity for those guys and for me as, you know, filming it because, you know, they were three headliners. And usually in a week, you're not with other headliners, Mm-mm. you're with an opener and a middle. And so, you know, these guys, 
could you know really take shots at each other you know and 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 no you know without getting pissed and without being bullies and right because that, right. that's the thing if you're a headliner and you're taking shots at the mc you're just a big fucking bully <laughs> you know but these guys were merciless with each other and had a great time you know but people can really see that it's not this is just how comics interact yeah, yeah. and there's you know there is a spirit of nothing but i just want the best joke out of each moment not you're a dick and I want to hurt you. <laughs> you know, so. Have you been on the other end of that? Have you been the MC that's getting picked oh, on? Oh yeah, years ago. But I was a kid. You yeah, know, I was an 18 year old MC and on the road in some places. You were but, asking for it, being so young. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I mean, mostly I was a middle, I guess, when I went on the road a lot. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's there are you know there were big drunken road hack assholes all the time <laughs> back then you had to live in condos with them all week yes you, know, you would live in these horrible comedy condos so it's just like summer camp where the counselor never shows up <laughs> you know and you know the there's lo- no curfew right no and it's just like a shithole and it's like there's even like three sub levels of shithole them you know oh. it's like it's shithole for the headliner it's a little shittier for the feature room and if the mc ends up having to stay there if he's not a local god help him yeah, because, he's on the floor yeah so <laughs> that sounds terrible did it really you wasn't fun did you know uh Ch- or you knew Chad, I, I assume. I knew actually. Pete was the only one who I really kind of, who I knew sort of because he had opened for me years ago. He okay. emceed when I headlined here, you know, early on in his yeah, yeah. career. Um, but and I knew. I, th- I think I had met Chad when he was a kid. You know, um, you guys are like the same age. Aren't we you? are like the same age, <laughs> but it's like I have like fifteen years on these guys. Right? No, I'm no It's like I literally. I, st- I started when I was fifteen, and I'm forty three. I have twenty eight years. It's ridiculous. I've been in show business and yeah. most, you know, from when I started doing stand up. And mm-hmm. so it's like even these guys who I respect the hell out of, these three headliners, they're all great acts, mm-hmm. you know, better acts than me probably. <laughs> um, you know, but, and they're veterans, you know, yeah. but they're 15 years in or 13 years yeah. in. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm twice as far. In. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just feel I feel very old. Uh, <laughs> when I come back here, I feel really old. I, I mean, suppose I performed on the stage before it was Acme. Yeah, I was I emceed here when it was the Rib Tickler. Amazing, and got the weirdest showbiz advice I ever got, which was uh, which ended up being prophetic almost because the advice was this, the guy the guy there was the manager of the club. His name was Denny, and he sat me down. I was emceeing probably my first week here ever. And he sat me down after a show. He goes, Josh, there's two things. Here's, I got a couple of tips for you that will really help you out here. There's two things that audiences love. One is anything with music. Do Get a guitar. Do something with music. They love it. I'm like, all right. Yeah, I, I probably, you know, I don't, I doubt I'll do that. You know? <laughs> okay. You know, I'm just, you know, oh, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, but then he goes, the other thing is do a Chinaman. What? And I'm like, what? <laughs> exactly. I said exactly that, I think. What? He said, a Chinaman, an impression of a Chinaman. And I'm like, a, what? What? Isn't that a Chinaman? Isn't that like railroad worker speak? <laughs> you know, from the 1850s. Have you heard of Charlie Chan? It, you know, and he's like, you know, I was like, isn't that kind of racist? He's like, no, it's not racist. It's funny. You know. So, and of course now, you know, now that the club is owned by a Mr. Louis Lee, formerly yeah. of Hong Kong, I, <laughs> I will probably not, still not be doing my Chinaman here. Um, but it was just like. I think you should bust it out when the cameras are. Well, here. I found out later what ha- what it was was that he worshipped uh, Dana Carvey, and Dana Carvey both had a guitar in his act, and he did this this the Chicken McTail House Pat 
like he did he had a character a china a chinaman character as denny would have called it <laughs> so he just believed that what dana carvey did w- was the formula for success if it works for dana right exactly so because dana used to work here they used to have a lot of it was always a magician and a and a uh, and a uh, regular headliner. Oh, really? So there was a variety act, a magician or a juggler, and then there'd be like a headline, a comedy headliner, or or if it was a magic headliner, there'd be a comedy middle. You know, it was mo- it was modeled after the Comedy of Magic Club in Hermosa Beach. Oh yeah, who that's still around? It's still around, yeah. but they don't do much magic. There <laughs> <laughs> the name doesn't quite fit anymore. I guess no. you never considered magic. I never considered magic. <laughs> I did juggle as a kid. Yeah, I was, I was very serious about. Ju- I mean, not you know, I was very determined about juggling. I wasn't very serious about it, you know. Because well, can you do it with juggling. one hand? Um, I I can do three in one hand for a few times around. Okay, I can do two in one hand very easily, but who can't really? I can't do three in one hand. I've tried. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it is very hard. But I impress my kids. They think I'm. They think I'm some sort of you know magician. Like, I did in eighth grade. In eighth grade, I did a. Uh, I ran for student council and I juggled throughout my entire speech. Really? Yes. <laughs> and I won. And well, it was, obviously. It was, yeah. It was, and I didn't drop either. It was beautiful. People just wrote juggler on their vote. Pretty, I don't even yeah. know who this kid is. Well, I'm sh- and I came up with some, you know, bullshit construct of these three balls represent, you know, your ideas, my ideas, oh, wow. and imagination or whatever the third ball was. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it worked. It was, uh, I was a better nerd then than I am now. <laughs> how, uh, uh, how, you did a show here last night. It's today's Wednesday. How was last night? Uh, last night was fine. There was, I got a note before the show that said... There are a lot of forensic accountants in the audience. Okay. Accounting material preferred. Thanks. <laughs> that was the note that was handed to me. So that was your yeah, yeah. your lucky day, obviously. So you know. So I don't know that I necessarily <laughs> delivered on the promise that <laughs> these forensic accountants were hoping for. You didn't just roll that. I only have in. about twenty five minutes of forensic accounting material. <laughs> you know, and then you know I have the you know the actuarial chunk. You know. And, <laughs> And that stuff, but I don't know that the twenty-five minutes of the forensic accounting stuff uh, <laughs> really satisfied them. It's not specific enough. That's right. <laughs> you know, I made a joke about amortizing, and they were like, "That's depreciation." And I was like, Whatever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I uh, no comments afterwards. Uh no, just quiet, non-eye contact, shuffling out of the room. With you know, I'm sure I'll be audited. That's terrible. We had a. Uh, I know we've talked about it in the past when you've been here that you were once a writer on uh, America's Funniest Stone Videos. Yes. Yes. A writer on a show that writes itself, isn't that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're watching. So last night, I uh, my kids were over. I say that like yeah, you know, divorced dad. I, they're I over. They're not in the blanks. So yeah. was, <laughs> I know that sounds like, terrible. But I had a play date with my over, kids, and then yeah. I kick them the fuck out. That's right. Back no. on the streets, we belong. <laughs> Then their mother comes to pick them up, and uh, they go. They go. Tells to you what you did wrong with them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, it was six thirty. Now, what comes on at six thirty in the Twin Cities is Wheel of Fortune. Ah. And I feel like that's a very you know. It was like we had a half an hour left before they were going to leave. It's like let's put it. We're done. Homework's done. Dinner's done. Let's watch some Wheel of Fortune. Well, my daughter Megan said, "Oh no no no, AFV is on. Sweet. Let's put it on AFV." And I said, well, let's have a vote. So then we had a vote. Yeah. And what do you think won? It was me, 
my girlfriend, and then an eight-year-old girl and a six-year-old girl voting between AFV and Wheel of Fortune. I, I gotta hope AFV won. No. Fuck. Wheel of Fortune. Really? Won. Yes. Man. I'm sorry. Oh man. No, I'm sorry. That hurts. <laughs> But it, it wasn't. It, we did turn it on during a commercial break. It wasn't a season you worked on. Yeah. Okay. But I. So then I. Then <laughs> it's not worth shit. So yeah, that's right. So I bragged to my daughter. I was like, "Hey, by the way, you know, I'm like, I'm going to talk to a guy tomorrow." And I told her this in the past. I think I said I'm going to talk to uh, a guy who used to work on that show. He was a writer. Now telling an eight year old, right. <laughs> someone is a writer. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what do you? <laughs> what are you talking about? She'd rather watch it muted anyway. <laughs> Listen to something she enjoys. No, I told her. I said, you know, those jokes, you know, I know you probably think Tom Bergeron just comes up with those by himself, but uh, he has a team of funny people that right. watch these videos first and then write these jokes down. But when you did it, it wasn't Tom Bergeron. Uh, I did both. You I did, did, oh, you did. Well, I, ne- I didn't, never did Bob Saget. The both I did was uh, I was the head writer when it was John Fugelsang and Daisy Fuentes were oh, the yes, hosts. Yes. Um, and they sort of brought me in to desagatize the show after <laughs> he was let go. And it was kind of, you know, the show was really kind of on the edge of oblivion at that point. And so I kind of had, you know, comedically, I kind of had free reign. Like, aesthetically, the show still looked like a 1950s variety show, kind of. Mm-hmm. But they were they played it on Saturday nights at that time. They moved it to Saturday night at like 8 or 9 or oh, something. Okay. And so I kind of could, like, do more real jokes and more real comedy bits and 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 be a little edgier and a little harsher and you know um so it, it wasn't it was it was, a, it was a it was kind of fun and and what was weird about it it was that it helped me get the gig on freaks and geeks because judd apatow had just had his first kid when i was the head writer on the show so he was home on saturday nights watching the show and so when i went in to meet on freaks and geeks he gave me this like very detailed kind of list of the stuff he loved on that show and why he loved it and how he loved that I didn't force it and how, you know. And he was the only person in show business ever who mentioned that my work on that show. And, you know, and who, like, it was ever on their radar. Like, it never came up anywhere else. Crazy. So it was, uh, yeah. So and he was he doing, was he just known as a comic then? No, he had just, when we did Freaks and Geeks, he had just signed, like, a $14 million deal with DreamWorks. Oh, okay. You know, he had just executive produced uh, Cable Guy, and he had already won an Emmy for Ben Stiller's show, and he was working on, like, Larry Sanders show. And, oh, jeez, um, that's right. So he uh, he <laughs> had got this huge deal with DreamWorks, and part of, it was a development deal, and that was that was why when Paul Feig brought the script of Freaks and Geeks to him, Judd could go, okay, let's take this to DreamWorks. And the rest is short-lived history. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey, I, I thought of you, and I actually printed it out here. Do you? The uh, it came out like in uh, October, uh, so it would have been about a month ago. Seth Rogen ran into. Did you read it, hear this story? Seth Rogen ran oh he, ran into Garth Antsir. Yes, 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 yes. Did, did that story called him out? Yeah, so you, that put a, just put a smile on your face. It so. did absolutely. Yeah, yeah it do was. Want, do you want to explain? Well, Garth Antsir was was the head of NBC at the time of Freaks and Geeks, and he had just come from like WB, and and his, you know Dawson's Creek was kind of their big success there, and you know he had a very sort of kind of squeaky happy version of what he thought TV should be and what certainly what a teen show should be so he was we knew i mean from from when the show got picked up which is before i even came aboard they knew that like garth just wasn't really into the show 
but like all of his underlings were you know everyone everyone in the whole development thing at, at NBC and all the people at DreamWorks are going this show is awesome it's Apatow you know you gotta pick it up so uh-huh. he picked it up and it just he he just was never behind it and, you know and he wanted the you know and, and Apatow wasn't listening to his notes you know because you know because he wanted these kids to have victories at, each week you yes. know? he wanted everything to be wrapped up pretty and he wanted you know it to be this feel good thing and clearly if you know Freaks and Geeks that's not the point of the show no. the point of the show is that being a teenager can be hell and that it's all you know it's all about your sense of perspective you mm-hmm. know it's like when you're living it it's a big fucking deal yeah. you know yeah um, and it's not such a happy time in our lives, you know. And and the people who didn't have a great high school life are, tend to be the people who go on to have happier <laughs> lives mm-hmm. when they don't peak in high school. So yes, I thankfully know. did not peak in high school. Yeah, I'm I've, proud to say I, that I haven't peaked still. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not. I hope it hasn't happened yeah. yet. I should say, but it definitely wasn't then. Uh, I know. I've never gone. Way to go to myself. Uh, um. You know, so Garth Anseer, and so subsequently, there, you know, there, NBC really was not behind the show, and the show never aired in the same time slot more than twice in a row. Yeah, you know, they aired, I think, like fourteen episodes of it, maybe, on NBC before they pulled it out of the eighteen possible, um, and it was never consecutively in the same time oh, slot more than one yeah. week you know, so. things are never going to work when they end up like yeah that. and so and the internet wasn't you know the internet existed but it wasn't like the, the kind of force that you right know, people could track it yeah there like was no hashtag have. save freaks and geeks right <laughs> but you know but for me you know now it's many years ago and you know the show has this weird kind of legend about it Mm-hmm. You know, and I truly believe that part of that legend is that there's only 18 of them. Yeah. You know, it's this precious little thing yeah. that people can watch on a weekend and get up to speed. It's not like, you know, seven seasons of binge watching like so many shows are now. Uh-huh. It's like you can be you can be conversant in this show in a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and there's all these movie stars in it. Exactly. You know, there's that all, helps. These, all these movie stars as kids, which is fascinating to watch, Absolutely. too, just because you've seen these faces on the big screen. Yeah. Um, so there's yeah. a movie just out in the bar here with Seth Rogen was one of the yeah, yeah. It, you know so it's 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 just it's you know from a from a career perspective for everybody nobody is worse off because that show got canceled when it did you yeah know? okay everyone got all of the credibility that that show could give you in that very short time yeah, we, yeah. we all got treated even the writers got treated like we were coming off a success that next season because it was such a critical darling yeah. You know that everybody wanted a freaks and geeks. No, I don't remember. You know, uh, I was always a fan of Arrested Development. Oh, you know the original series on Fox, and then it would win these awards. Yeah, like after even after it was canceled, it won. It was always nominated for you know like a Golden Globe or a you know whatever the or an Emmy or something, and right. uh, and they would even win sometimes. But no one watched. No one watched the show. Was did Freaks and Geeks get nominated for awards? I think Freaks and Geeks the only Emmy. I. Uh, it got nominated for was casting. I think. Okay. Um, I don't know. There might have been. I think Paul might have resubmitted the following year because it had aired on ABC Family or the. Oh. You know, so there might have been a second nomination that came like a subsequent year yeah. later. But the so, I think that's so weird that you know. Well, we recognize how great it is, but the masses. Well, I don't. You know, I don't think that's. You know, for uh, you know. 
critics don't mean anything no, anymore. That, that's especially. true. Especially, you know, and even back then, it was just like you know that was the age of reality television coming into vogue, and you know, cops was beating us. You know. <laughs> Well, that show lasted a long time. It so did. <laughs> There's something to be said about cops. Don't fuck with cops. But people just don't care, you know. It's like, yeah, you can, you know. It's like, first of all, you're like, you know, you're assuming that a TV watcher read a newspaper article, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> right off the bat. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a cognitive dissonance there. But. There certainly is. <laughs> so. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, I, I, I loved the, uh, reading this thing about uh, what you and you just summed it up pretty well. That what happened was then Seth Rogen ran into this Garth. Answer backstage yeah. at uh, Saturday Night Live a few months ago. Right, that's how it happened. So, and then I guess it. And then it. it uh, then they started fighting again. Oh, did they? Yeah, it's. Uh, it says uh, Answer originally thought the exchange was uh, more benign. Uh, he posted afterward to Facebook in the writers' room on SNL tonight. Still making some mild abuse, still taking some mild abuse for canceling Freaks and Geeks 14 years ago. Once again, Judd Apatow and cast. Sorry, and then, uh, but at, but then Rogan, uh, you know, he zinged him some more. Blah blah blah. Oh, he says. Uh, and by the way, I have greenlit a lot of high school-based TV series in my day. But for example, never thought that Joss Joss Whedon would make Buffy the Vampire Slayer more reflective of a normal public school. <laughs> And Buffy had some victories, like every time she dusted a vampire. So, victories. There's that word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There it is. So, there you have that. I am curious to know what you will say when I ask, "Where were you 25 years ago this month?" I found out yesterday that apparently this week is the is the 25th anniversary of Mystery Science Theater premiering on national TV. Yeah. Um, my recollection is that for the actual premiere. Because Comedy Channel at that time yeah. didn't have that much clearance on very many cable stations, we had to go to Shakopee to this like three-two beer bar that was open on a Saturday morning to watch the show premiere. No way! Yeah, because <laughs> um, it started as a Saturday morning show okay. on, on Comedy Channel. Yeah, um, and you know like i said we just it just wasn't on any of our cable systems so we had to like call around and find you know what first what system carried it (laughs) and then where was somewhere public that would be open that would let us watch it isn't that amazing yeah so it was not glamorous it was never glamorous nothing about that show was glamorous Mm -mm. ever so no certainly not when you were around there no the early days no No. i'm a glamour you know killer anyway so (laughs) I, I will suck the glamour out of just about any situation you put me into. I'm a black hole of, of <laughs> glamour. Oh, that's funny. So, did so? I'm curious. Did someone bring that to your attention, or did you just read it on the internet? It was on Twitter. Someone tweeted me, and Keith Oberman retweeted it. And oh, saw, yes. Keith Oberman was one of the first national writers to 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 praise Mystery Science Theater in the LA Times. He did, he wrote a big lavish. You know, love letter to the show very early on. Oh, really? So, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. We were on Countdown with Keith Overman on MSNBC when with Cinematic Titanic when we were in New York doing Broadway. We went on his show. Oh, cool. What's, so Cinematic Titanic, by the way, is still done, correct? It's, yes, it is. The band has broken up. The band has broken up. Yeah. Gone their separate ways once again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, there's no acrimony there, but... No. Uh, in fact, Joel and Trace are both in Los Angeles right now doing... Uh, a show for Yahoo 
acting on a show for Yahoo where uh, that Paul Feig created, like a space comedy. Really? Yeah. I guess, and so Trace is once again playing Joel's robot pal in this. Uh, <laughs> really? In this thing, yeah. He's, Trace is like running a robot and is the voice of a robot. Uh, but it's not a puppet. It's an actual robot now. Oh, uh, really? So he just runs the mouth. Um, and they're, yeah, they've been shooting the show for the last six weeks or so. They're doing, I think, eight episodes for Yahoo. It'll come out next year. So, No kid, like five-minute episodes or do you have no, half, half we'll an hour? Full on half hour sitcom. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So Paul Feig created it, or I don't know if Paul Feig created it, but Paul Feig's company is producing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I looked... Uh, to do my proper research, I looked, and I'd like to share with everyone that if you want to see any episodes uh, of, or not episodes, what would you say, movies that cinema, Cinematic Titanic did, they're streaming right now if they you are, have uh, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime, and I also think Hulu has them. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I would do that, or you know, you can still buy the actual DVDs from Amazon if, you, if you're that kind of person. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm proud of Cinematic Titanic. I really think, you know, comedically joke wise i think we 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 at least matched you know the best of mystery science oh i think so and i think from what i saw we've talked about i saw i went to the live show once and i have a couple of the movies that i did buy yeah yeah thank you i think they're great so yeah i'm proud of it i'm glad we did it i don't i don't i don't miss it you know i don't miss movie riffing as a as a main outlet really i miss doing the shows and the live shows and and performing it yeah but you know i also it's you know I've I've mocked a lot of video in my life you know between MST and AFV and Talk Soup and yeah. know, Greg Kinnear's NBC show That's had right. a video log on it and so you know I've spent a lot of my a lot of my career uh, making fun of video yeah. and so I'm trying to you know, what you should do now is is uh, instead of doing that just critique other people doing it. You know, I could. I could now do like a movie riffer because movie riffing has become a thing now. Yeah. There, are, there are enough people out there charging admission to watch them talk to a movie yeah. that I could become, you know, I could be a a, a, a critic of movie, of movie <laughs> riffing. And boy, would that be a dick move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you hear what fucking Josh is doing now? <laughs> yeah, oh, real clever. That's great. That's fucking great. He couldn't think of anything else, That's really. Right. So no, I just you know I really I like I like making stuff, you know. Yeah. And I, and I, uh, you know, I liked that we made a dozen DVDs. You know, that was part of the whole yeah. thing. You know, I like you know leaving a a paper trail behind, kind of. You know, but I also I'm very excited to just you know being in a band is hard. You know that that cinematic Titanic was essentially a band. Yeah. You know, and so, but really, what we were were you know five hermits <laughs> pretending to be a troop. You know, <laughs> so I you know when I I don't mind going back to my own little creative uh, creative house and you know and building that way either. Is so. it, now speaking of, are you? You are you are a musician as well, right? I am. Yeah. yeah. Are you playing? No, I've been. I, we our, our band kind of dissolved. We had a band for years and years, which was my wife and I and uh, Dave Gruber Allen, who was Mister Rosso on uh, Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. There have been many other people in the band over the years. Paul Feig was initially the drummer, and Wayne Fetterman was the bass player at one point. You know, a lot of comics <laughs> and a lot yeah. of musicians have come in and out, but the core was always me and my wife and Gruber. And Gruber had moved uh, away from L.A. To, to take care of his uh, elderly parents in Salt Lake City a couple of years ago. Okay. And so 
the fun kind of drained out of it. And, yeah. You know, my wife is now a, a, a college professor, so her music career is kind of, you know, when I met her, she had a record deal and a GED. <laughs> now she's a, a college English professor. What's so with that overachieving BS? I'm like reverse Van Halen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> well, that's, uh, you didn't bring the, you play guitar, right? I play bass mostly. Bass? Like if I'm in a band, I play bass or harmonica and sing. Um, and you know, I can play guitar and I can play piano and I can play lots of stuff. But the, you know, the ones that I would actually go, okay, yeah, I'm a decent player would be like bass and harmonica. Have you um, have you put any thought into what you're going to get Charles Manson for his wedding? Uh, I'm not sure where he's registered, but I'm sure at. Uh, I was trying to think of some hilarious Psychos R Us kind of thing that, you know. I got one. Bed, uh, Bath, and Beyond Crazy. Ah, there you go. Ah. No, it's still the one to beat, though. Um, (laughs) um, I don't know. I was trying to work Helter Skelter into something. uh, uh, Helter Skelter Shelter, some (laughs) kind of something. I I love it. He's getting married. Yes. His fiance star. I, I wish them the best, nothing but the best. How could they have anything but the best, really? <laughs> I read an article today that uh, uh, apparently the uh, he can only he can kiss her after the ceremony, right? But then once it gets to foreplay, they're done. They're done. Done. <laughs> done. I mean, it's you know, I have to say, in Charlie's defense, it's kind of a no lose for him. The whole getting married thing, you know, right. it's not like you know. What she's gonna get half my shit, you know. <laughs> you know, it's, I just don't see where there's what the downside for, unless uh, for Charlie that, is. Unless he thinks the divorce would mean like uh, she takes on half of his years of sentencing or something. Maybe uh, she, she may fucking want that. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> Some crazy ass shit is in her head. But I, uh, as, as insane and as a terrible person that he is, I, it's amusing that he's still around. You know what I mean? Like it kind of every is, year, you, you know. get a little uh, update. The, the crazy guy's still out there, and it turns out he's not as terrible as Will Smith's kids. <laughs> so, what do you do? Are you more of a Jaden or more of a Willow? I am now so white hot with hatred for both of them. Once you <laughs> showed me that interview with them, that I, I just can't sort it out right now. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they kind of set the uh, the inter- internet on fire the other day. I am as fascinated with their pretension as I am now with Kim Kardashian's ass. Yes, which, which you know I I fucking hate Kim Kardashian and everything she stands for, mm-hmm. but I am riveted by that shiny ass of hers. Yeah, yeah. it's not even a sexual thing. Mm-mm. It's beyond, my wife agrees with me. I mean, it's, it is just you want to touch it. You want to see if it's like. If it's got like a memory foam quality or what the density is, you just you just what, if I got you just want to know more. Would my would my image reflect off of it? I think it would reflect badly on you. <laughs> I'm sure, <laughs> but, there's some sort of angle yeah, there. But I you. think we can all see ourselves in Kim Kardashian's <laughs> ass in some way. <laughs> did your internet explode last week because of that? Uh, it did not. Okay. I have, uh, I'm a little more selective in who I follow on Twitter for my uh, internet to explode <laughs> over such matters. But I did hear. And I don't go. I'm not a Facebook guy either. So I just am Twitter. She. Uh, I, there was news this morning that uh, 
Of course, you've seen it many times. The vi- the sex video, uh, Kim K Superstar. I never have watched it. I know that it exists. Okay. This is really the first time I've seen Kim Kardashian nude, quite honestly, because mm. I just it's just you know pure celebrity is sort of one of those things that just kind of makes me twitch a little. <laughs> um, but this ass thing is something special. It's really the, uh, not even the champagne thing. Just that just that pure shiny first ass shot that came out. Yes. You just it's just. It's, <laughs> It's like the. Did you ever see that animated movie Heavy Metal? Yes. It's like the ball in Heavy Metal. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's just. It's just. <laughs> yeah. It seems like the world and universe have to. You know, really should revolve around this uh-huh. shiny, glowing thing you know, <laughs> in this weird way. It's not right. It's evil. The ball is evil. It mm-hmm. doesn't bring out good in people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Mm-mm. Not John Candy. Not any of the other actors. I can't remember who were <laughs> no, in that movie. Yeah, kidding. But um, but it's like the glowing ball in Heavy Metal. Which is a reference that I can't use. That will not help me. A reference. <laughs> if I were to try that in front of an audience, I would just just get, a little bit I would of get research. My ass handed my Kim Kardashian <laughs> giant ham ass handed to me. Did you see the? Uh, you know, people on the internet were having a lot of fun with that. I know there was one uh, where they someone printed it out, just her butt, and yeah. then put it over the spout of a <laughs> of a coffee uh, dispenser, <laughs> so that when you <laughs> When you hit the dispenser, it looked like diarrhea. Oh. <laughs> diarrhea makes me laugh. I'm sorry. Apparently, Josh. it does. I'm you sorry. are like you're giggling. You're almost convulsing with I the. I'm sorry. I, I apologize for that. But uh, even all those, even all those parodies where they put different heads on her body with that ass, I never noticed who the heads were. I just, no, oh. I just looked. I just kept looking at the. Ass. Oh, it's you know. It's, I don't care whose yeah. head is on there. It's oh look, Barack Obama's head. Oh no, it's the ass. Yeah, right. yeah. I uh, I don't even. Uh, I was going to say that the. Uh, I read that the this Kim K superstar sex video. That, you know, I was like ten years old now. Yeah, something like that. In any case, uh, Ray J is her was her boyfriend at the time. That's her sex partner in the okay. movie, in the film, uh-huh. in the documentary. Sure, <laughs> you know about documentaries. I do. In That's this documentary, in my peers' film. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and you're saying. <laughs> I hear you're going up against it at the Twin Cities Film Fest <laughs> yeah, next year. They're going to resubmit. Going for that, 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 <laughs> now lo- that, that local boy angle is all I got. <laughs> it's all I got going for me. Apparently, Ray J has been making uh, like fifty grand or, uh, every few months off that thing, and he's made fifty grand in the last week because of the sales. Wow. There's so much interest now in seeing more of Kim K's booty in wow. action. That is, I guess, that's good for him. Yeah, you know, it's you know, it's nice that there's a trickle down. In the Kardashian empire. Right? That's very... Just when you think that nothing's going to trigger sales of an old movie. Bam! That's right. Usually someone has to die for that to happen. True. Yeah. Very good point. Yes. I mean, who knows? Unfortunately, that's not the case here. (laughs) You can keep wishing, Josh. (laughs) Because I don't need her anymore. She can die as far as I'm concerned because I have that picture. Yeah, that's right. It's been done. We We have what we need from her. Yeah. Now, uh, you were telling me, yeah, the, how much you lo- you were saying how much you love Jaden and Willow uh, Smith. That is crazy shit. That interview. Yeah, that is. Now let, let, let's just horrible little people. Yes. Now let's just start out here. Uh, I'm not going to steal everything from this interview, but let. Okay, I'm going to ask you the first question that they were asked. Uh-huh. What have you been reading? Uh, I've been reading a lot of uh you know ancient texts that you know can't really be dated but you know you, you probably wouldn't understand <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> that was that was said by Jaden, right? Who or is something like that? Who is uh, what? What is she's like thirteen or something? I even lost count of that. She's a no, no Jaden's the the boy. Oh yes, Jaden. Oh she he. See, I can't yeah. even keep it straight here. Come Jeez. on, Jaden's the Karate Kid, right? Which, by the way, when I'm flipping through the guide on my TV. And the Karate Kid comes I'm up, getting, and I'm like, "Hell yeah!" I am so tired of remakes burning me on the. And then that grid. Mo- yes, and then that <laughs> motherfucker. And then you click it again, and it says Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith. Yeah. You son of a. How bitch. many times did you get burned by Arthur? Or how oh. many times did you get burned by uh, any number of these fucking bad? Even Psycho. Yeah, and that was shot for shot. Yeah, <laughs> still not. Yeah, they still managed to ruin it. They did. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so Josh, you don't read uh, ancient uh, texts, things that can't, that can't be predated, like Jaden. Uh, well, that that's how I I would define my act, <laughs> <laughs> the ladies and gentlemen. Hello. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I just yeah. The, these I like two. the uh, I like the. There's no novels I like, so I just write my own novels and read it. That's the best way to go. <laughs> There's no good novels, so I just write one of my own. So there's a good novel that I can read. Uh, says Willow. Yes. Yeah, and Willow. then Jane goes, she's been writing novels since she was six. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep in mind, no, Willow, yeah, is the girl. Right. Uh, the, the, she had a hit song that was called what? Uh, like, it was, it was, Whip My Hair. Whip My Hair back and forth. And she helped, apparently, a generation of young ladies... Uh, feel good about their hair whipping back and forth oh i just these uh, i'm gonna link this uh interview with the two of them when we post uh this episode on the facebook page i'll yeah, put this dude. one underneath so people can get the full background i'm uh you know i'm not sure who we're gonna have on the next episode of no laugh track i'm hoping for willow and jade smith i hope so um because i assume I've, they don't do comedy but i think if they put their minds to it i think if you know they will create their own comedy and then laugh at it because what else are you, as a creator as someone as important as them in this universe as divining rods for all things intellectual artistic aesthetic um, I think they are ripe for podcast guesting mm-hmm. yes <laughs> I wouldn't be intimidated at all no, no. Yeah, I, actually no. I totally would be because they're they talk way deeper than I have ever gone before. It's, I mean, it's like Scientology Plus, kind of. Do you know when you're in L.A. and you run into a Scientologist? Um, yeah, it's usually at a job interview. Because <laughs> yeah. they're very successful people. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't really. No. They're, they're, I'm still like, really? You know, it's like you go, oh, I like that Beck song, but he's a Scientologist. <laughs> you know? It's it is not it's not something that's a credibility uh, enhancer yeah. as far as I'm concerned. No, but I, you know it's it's it seems like such an evil thing, and it seems like, you know the more there's just no you just like how how do you buy it? How do you buy into that? I mean, I, it's true of any religion. Every every you know if you really break down the stories, yeah. they aren't solid. They are not solid storytelling <laughs> all the time. But right. uh, but when you know the the actual dude is a science fiction writer who came up with all this shit, who literally is like, I'm going to come up with a religion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then go, he nailed it. That is it. He figured out everything. He filled in the blanks. In 1958 or whatever the fuck he did, he getting drunk with fucking Robert Heinlein going, I'm going to do fucking religion. And someday you see. Oh, you'll see. <laughs> 
They have a uh, Scientology place in the uh, in St. Paul now. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome home. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I am not surprised. <laughs> Welcome home. It's, obviously, it's been a successful enterprise, you know, uh-huh. in terms of... Uh, Global domination there yeah, certainly I, leaps and bounds ahead of me in yeah, my quest I'm, for global domination. <laughs> Ditto. I basically just couldn't afford to join, I don't think. No, I think it, you know, real insight costs real money, my mm. friend. <laughs> That's right. Real progress does not come free. No, these aren't handouts. No, my goodness. God or whatever we're calling it wants you to really pony up. Now, I love your sense of humor. Um, Why, thank you. And I, that's, that's true. I really do. That's why I want to know um, the most antip- anticipated comedy to come out in the last few months, maybe this year, is Dumb and Dumber 2. Wow. Yeah. I, I left Dumb and Dumber. Really? In the original, yeah. That's and have you gone back to my it? My friend and I have said, we saw Dumb. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, you know. You never, have you gone back to it? Uh, I, no, I, I haven't. No, I, I, you know, I guess I have. Yeah, I guess I've seen the movie all the way through in the subsequent twenty years or whatever it's been. Yeah, um, but it's just not my. It's not my bag. Yeah. It's not. I don't think I'm not trying to shit on it in terms of it like having no value. Yeah, sure. It just doesn't have a lot of value. To yeah, me. we uh, we were talking before we started recording. I was in Las Vegas uh, last week, and my buddy and I uh, were talking about going and bringing. I was going to bring my girlfriend. He was going to bring his wife. Uh, my girlfriend was like, um, no, absolutely not. I have zero interest. Yeah. So we didn't go. We went and did our own thing while my buddy and his wife went. This is the same woman who chose Wheel of Fortune over, uh, it is. over America's Funniest Home Videos. That's so. true. That's true. You 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 uh, take that from what you what you will. It's up not to you. I'm a fan of the slapstick, I'm guessing. She's <laughs> no. Not. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not either. I, like, I was never a Three Stooges guy. I was never a... Uh, you know, Bowery Boy. You know, I was never. No, uh-uh. you know, I was never like a Bowery Boys. Weren't really slapstick. They were just like not funny. They were just kind of yeah, see, man. Oh, you knucklehead. That was when my dad tried to push on me. Like yeah. oh, I don't get it. My dad was a Marx Brothers guy. I love the Marx Brothers. Uh, but How about the uh, Little Rascals? Little Rascals. I never. I watched because they were on Sunday morning and nothing else was. Yeah. But I never liked it. Hmm. You know. But I that was never really a criteria for me watching TV as a kid. Like liking it yeah. or you know having better things to do that yeah. was never a factor really. <laughs> no. So right, if on. it was on, I saw it. You're you staring know? at it. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to re. Uh, so those guys went to the movie without us, and uh, when we met up again, I was like, "So, Bill, how was it?" He uh, he wouldn't before he told me how the movie was. He just said, "Jim Carrey will get nominated for a Razzie." Really? Yeah. And then he said it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how could it not suck, really? You know, it's, you know, it's, first of all, Jeff Daniels is what, like 60? Probably. You know, that's, that's not funny, seeing a 60-year-old man. Act and, goofy in a silly outfit? Yeah, I mean, I want to put it harsh, more harshly than that. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Act goofy in a silly outfit makes me sound like the dick. <laughs> It sounds like he's just trying to spread mirth around, <laughs> and I'm being like Mr. Shitfucker. <laughs> but it's you're it's, right. Fine. All right. Thank you. I won't even go further with my point. <laughs> you don't have to. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. All right. And then uh, I'm gonna, and then I saw a commercial last night that this movie was described as the comedy of the year. Twenty two Jump Street. 
I, I what is the deal with that? What the that that movie has? I've like seen a, a few things in the past, very recently, mm-hmm. of like how this movie is some somehow ingenious. Yeah. Or, and I, I, it's like have our stand. I haven't seen it, so I can't say that they're wrong because I haven't seen it. But I know enough about movies and popular culture yeah. and trailers that I've seen to go. You know, it had you know at best it could be it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I, like that, that's mm-hmm. the review you get from mm-hmm. most shit these days. Yeah, and, and I and but there's nothing that makes me think I'm going to hate a movie more than everyone saying how, how much they love it. You know? Absolutely, they're always wrong. Most Fucking times, Gravity yes. last year, I could not believe how much I hated that movie. Really? Yeah. See, you're one of the people who loved it, and and it was just so fucking stupid. And maybe it's because I'm from Mystery Science Theater, and I've seen so many stupid space opera bullshit movies, where it's like, oh, just over there, it's just a space swim away, you know, there it is, look, I can see it from here, we're in the vastness of space, but that's three blocks away, it's fantastic, (laughs) what are the odds? Right. You know, so, I admit that it looked kind of cool, but it was just That's what I liked about it. It was so, you know, that, you know, I'm a writer, I'm a comic so that's just not enough yeah yeah yeah. You know? it's yeah. like i i don't have the ability to suspend my disbelief so you got to get me other ways i see you know yeah, and yeah. so that's not the movie maker's responsibility to please a fucker like me <laughs> it's really not because i'm broken you have to work way I'm too truly hard. broken and when it comes to like <laughs> suspending my disbelief which is why i'm a bad nerd too it's like i'll sit there going bilbo baggins that's what you settled on you know <laughs> You know, and I won't get past that for a while. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're halfway to Mordor. You know? <laughs> so I'm not a good nerd. They already got the ring. You're, you're, you need to move on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Uh, well, Jonah Hill. Yeah. I, uh, I I will say that I didn't. I never went to go like to a theater to see 21 Jump Street. But yeah. Then I did watch it this summer and. My version of that same review you were giving was better than I thought. Yeah, there's you know Jonah Hill's funny. Yeah. He's a funny guy, and I think there's gags to be had. It was actually better than the TV show. I can say that. <laughs> I really can. There is in my movie. There's a little clip from Twenty One Jump Street with my uh, Michael Day Barr uh, in a little uh, fist fight with Johnny Depp. You're kidding. Uh, the guy was in everything. He was in everything. Was he ever? Did he ever Melrose cross place? Did he cross over to Booker? Uh, with Richard Grieco. He did not. Oh. But I think he was on TJ Hooker. Ah. So. With Captain Kirk. Yes. With Captain Kirk. Well, what do you think, Josh? Is there? I need to ask you. I've taken up a lot of your time here, but we haven't got to. Uh, I'll do whatever you want. We talked a lot. My we, job takes place at 8-something tonight. Fair, so. fair enough. <laughs> uh, we kind of broke the news about your health scare last year. Oh, yes. How, how, how's everything now? Um. Everything is good now. Everything is shockingly good. I, that was uh, I had another, a subsequent operation since then. I think last time I was here, I was three weeks away from having my kidney taken out. Okay. Um, and then I had another operation in June to fix my intestines, which was the thing that a lot that their failure was what allowed us to discover that I had kidney cancer. Oh yes. So that became the priority, and so. My plumbing is all good. My cancer is non-existent right now, yeah. and uh, I'm, you know I'm, I've lost all or parts of three organs since we <laughs> since we getting in here. But I've never felt better. <laughs> you look great. I feel good. That's it's, good. It's, it's really shocking how um, how 
uncompromised I feel after all that shit because it was really a, it was a lot of stuff this year but you know I was in the I also finished one documentary and shot another one in Asia and so you know it's like that's pretty blessed year. Did it scare you enough that you? It's now you take you know like oh, I don't take things for granted like I used to. Did it scare you enough that you've had that? No, I wish. Yeah, because you know I'm trying to figure out what the you know what the message is you know, but really the message is if I, if I wasn't such a fat fuck, I'd be dead because <laughs> my colon wouldn't have exploded if I was a healthy guy, and then I wouldn't have gone to the doctor. I wouldn't have had a CAT scan and. I, yeah. My cancer would still be growing and would probably have spread by now because of where it was situated on my kidney near the vein, you know, which is why they had to take out the whole thing. Okay. So, you know, if you would have, here's say the that thing. again, if you would have thing. been more fit, they would not have found it. Right. Uh, there would have been no reason for them to, there was no symptoms to yeah. kidney cancer until it spreads to and fucks up other organs or spreads enough to really shut down that kidney. Jeez. Um, so, yeah, if I was fit and healthy, nothing bad would have happened to me i'm not a doctor visitor because i generally am actually pretty damn healthy yeah ditto i mean i don't live healthily but i am a healthy guy ditto <laughs> um, so that's the thing that's what i want to say to the listeners please if you don't have health insurance get it because you never know what's going to happen you know i i ate like shit sat on my ass and smoked for 20 years and i still got sick so you never know just you know <laughs> <laughs> The regim- the daily regimen. So, no, I'm really lucky because I did. You know, I, there's you can't say what caused kidney cancer, but you know, clearly yeah. I did nothing to not get cancer sure, sure, at sure. the time. So I, I did quit smoking. That's the one concession I've oh, made. Good for you. That and I can't take ibuprofen, like like non steroidal inflammatory medication. That's the only restriction I was given once I had the oh, kidney okay. taken out. It's like everything else is just like, yeah, no, you're fine. So. Do you wear a seatbelt when you're driving? Yeah, I always did that. You always did. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I didn't always do that. But I do now. Because that's what it makes me think. Like when you describe that, it's like, uh, uh, you know, how about these people that survive crashes because they weren't wearing a seatbelt? You know, what's the meaning right. behind that? Right? Yeah, I, you know, the other thing is like I've been following my bliss since I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I had this wake up call going, "You're wasting your life." It's like, no, of course I'm wasting my life. That's <laughs> been the plan all along. You know? Yeah. But it's been my version of wasting your life. Uh huh. It's it's so. Uh, you know, I'm hap- really happily married. I, like I said, I've always indulged my creativity and made that my life's pursuit. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So there was nothing, there was no sign from God that I'm doing shit wrong. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, you know, the sort of, I guess the best tribute to it all is that I'm, I'm walking away on the other side going, phew. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, sure. I can continue on my journey. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I'm not dead and I didn't, you know, and I'm so, you know. People say you survived cancer. You know, you 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 beat cancer. People will say, I'm like, yeah. I don't feel like I beat cancer. I feel like I met cancer in a dark alley and like threw my kidney on the ground and backed away slowly. Yeah. You know, take so. whatever you need. Just leave me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank God. Thanks for doing one of the duplicate organs I got. You know? <laughs> if you need my tonsils or appendix, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Do you carry a list of the ones you could go without? Exactly. <laughs> I already, you know, my adenoids. If you need those. <laughs> one eyeball right. whatever you need exactly um back to the mystery science theater i'm very glad to hear that uh, all that your health is good thank you uh just to sum that up but, but uh back to mystery science back to your puppet show from 25 years back ago. to that puppet show that i absolutely love are will you be uh now obviously you were working with uh joel 
uh, you know, with Cinematic Titanic. You yes. said what he's doing now. But he's going to be on TV on Thanksgiving with the Turkey Day Marathon. Uh, on the internet. On the internet. Right. I said yes. TV. No. On, on monitors. Yes. That covers everything. Yes. Uh, he'll be doing uh, the Turkey Day Marathon again. Yes. Is that something you tune into? Uh, I don't know if I'll tune into it, but I, uh, I'll say that you might hear See? a familiar voice mm-hmm. Re- coming out of a familiar gumball machine on really? such a thing. Yes. Oh, really? You might hear a couple of familiar voices, in fact. Really? Yes. Much like on the uh, Turkey Day uh, Shout Factory uh, DVD set that just came out. Yes. There is also those familiar voices. So. Do you get, do you, uh how do you get your hands on those? Do you do they charge you? Do they send no, you one? No, they send them to me free. Yeah. <laughs> they better. They do. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yes. So you might uh, like I said, there's some nostalgia to be had there if you're uh, yeah. so inclined. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm excited yeah, I, I, for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm about, also excited. I might because have blown a secret about the Turkey Day thing, but I know on the, you know the word's already out about the DVD stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm excited. I think the only mystery is what movies will be on the Turkey Day Marathon. Oh. So I won't blow that because, frankly, I don't know. Well, <laughs> it's, it's I don't think any of my episodes are in it either. So check now. Check this. Out. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't oh, think okay. So. I'm not sure. So I w- was saying I was in Vegas last week. Um, I'll make this story r- as fast as possible. Uh, I we we met up with some people who ended up. Uh, I, I when I gamble, I soup. I'm so worried about losing money that it just it ru- you know. If I lose fifty bucks gambling, I'm I'm mad for the rest of the day until something can distract me. Probably you know enough booze. Yeah. Otherwise, I just fifty dollars. You know, right. I mean, it can be as little as that. Uh, we met up with some friends in Vegas. One of which is a is let's just say really big into gambling. So much so much so that she was willing to pay for us to gamble at the table with her so we would all hang out together. Wow. I ended up turning that money into a little bit more money, offered her her money back. She didn't give it to me. Then I went to a uh, a roulette table and picked uh, number 27. This is my third game. I lost, lost like 10 bucks, 10 or 15, 15. And then the third game, I put uh, some chips on 27. I put like four of them on that. The rest I spread out all over the place. Uh 27 hits. Nice. 35 to 1. Yes, so I won like I don't know, hundred and eighty-five dollars or sixty or something like that on that one hand, which oh, yeah. was incredible. I picked twenty-seven. This year, twenty-seven has lots of significance. That's what I'm getting to here. Okay, it's Thanksgiving. It's November twenty-seventh. Okay, it's the this year then again the second annual after it's been returned the Turkey Day Marathon. Right. Okay. And my fortieth birthday. Nice. What does that have to do with twenty-seven? It's this. It's next week on the twenty seventh. Oh, the twenty seventh is your fortieth birthday. Yes, gotcha. Yes. Well, happy soon to be birthday. Thank you. So twenty seven is big, and it, I feel I'm. I it's. I know that the Turkey Day uh, Marathon isn't put together just for my enjoyment, I, but I'm telling everyone it is because it's on my birthday. I think that is the relationship that people have with Mystery Science Theater is that they always feel like it's just for them. <laughs> yeah, and that's why twenty five years later we're talking about mm-hmm. it. And <clears throat> did you ever, when you, well, how do I say this? When people, I always took pride in that, like when I got a joke back, we used to watch it, you know, like in college, we'd watch, you know, like a, you know, the VHS tapes I'd put together. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like my buddy and I would get these jokes and then other people wouldn't. And we felt so superior. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. 
that's I like like I said. I think that's why people people feel like, oh, that joke was just for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, how could anyone but me get that joke? Yeah. And I think you know, that, and in some cases, that was literally true. Yeah. Where it like six people on the planet would get a joke that we put in the show because fuck it there's 400 there's 500 jokes in the show yeah one can be just for us uh-huh. one could be mocking an opening act from the comedy gallery that said something on thursday night you know it could you know it could be that obscure that, yeah. you know there's not even not only is it hard to get to it's literally impossible for someone to get the joke and if they say they got it they lied yeah no you're right you're right <laughs> I have one final question about that. Okay. Now, we were talking briefly before we came out here to record, on the, uh, set up on the stage here, that uh, like the, the old stuff, like uh, you said that back in the early days, you've, someone found you on like a message board that was a fan. And yeah. Got, now, and then you said that like, you got some tapes from this person and you kind of gave them some stuff of yours. Right. Do you have, what's the most, like a mystery science trinket that you still have? I don't. Anything? Really. I, I have, uh, no, I, really, I don't think I have any actual true. If the Smithsonian s- called tomorrow and said, Josh, we need something from you for this display we're going to put on is the, for the 50 greatest TV shows of all time. I well, don't know that I would have anything to give them. I think I have like in that first season, there was a, this horrible stencil on the set on those ha- satellite of love, this gold sort of triangle stencil thing that mm-hmm. I had to paint on there, and like literally just it was a horrible, like worst job in the world. <laughs> they were totally fucking with me, making me do it basically. <laughs> and Trace, and you had to like pin up this stencil with push pins each time, and there was like it was like eight of them to an octagon, and the sh- and the set was made of giant octagons. So yeah, it was a horrible gig, and Trace gave me uh, had found the gold paint covered push pins oh and he gave me a couple of those that i might be able to find but that's you know but then the set changed after i left they yeah. started you know hocking all this shit to the set and, um but i don't i don't think i have you know like i told you off the air it was uh you know i had to get the ktma the local shows i didn't even have tapes of those you know so i i got this this woman named cheryl like this was like in 1994 or something, rallied the worldwide troops and got me tapes of, of virtually every episode of the KTMA shows, which was like 20 episodes. And I got them from Australia. And, you know. That is amazing. Because the thing about MST was there was this thing in the credits that said, keep circulating the tapes. Mm-hmm. You know? So that was mm-hmm. you know, the viral video thing. That was our sort of physical analog viral video thing that we were trying to create back then. Um, and some people took it very literally and very seriously, and they did pass around these tapes all around the world. And you know, it's, it's I wonder like, if there's still uh, people sending things into the Best Brains headquarters. Probably yeah. there's some crazy ass person doing. You know, <laughs> you know I, I bet I bet they are. You know, I got I got a letter from a third grader that they you know that they were doing letter writing in class and apparently this teacher was a fan of the show and this third grader was a fan of the show so they found my address somehow and i got a fan letter from a third letter grader that i you know wrote back and drew him a picture really yeah that's so, awesome yeah you know, there's still that kind of thing going on but you know what you just made me realize is i haven't uh i haven't sat my either of my kids down to watch an episode with me yet yeah I, it's coming soon you just, you know, I think it's about curating, you know. It's about, you know, picking that right movie mm-hmm. that's not going to totally turn them off. I don't want that to happen, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
don't start them on Manos or what you know something interminable. <laughs> By the way, I've never seen Manos. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. I have several times. Sure, of course. <laughs> yeah, everyone has, but I've never. The seen hands it. of fate. Because you know what? I've heard it's a terrible movie. Yeah, I hear it's a really bad movie. <laughs> it is so a terrible I've movie. I've decided I don't really need to see it because I know going in it's bad. I don't know if you know. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> actually. Plus, I've had enough fucking assholes. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. You should. I've had enough people, wonderful fans of Mystery Science Theater, come through signing lines uh, where they, you know, they have like their episodes of MST, but they don't want me to sign them because I wasn't in that particular yes. episode. Yes. So the different ways that people will try to not get my autograph. It was really kind of one of the like perverse joys I had, because you know if they were bad at it, I kind of liked fucking with them. I'd be like, "Do you want me to sign that?" You know, could make them say, uh, "No," you know. <laughs> and people who were nice, I would go. They'd they literally would hand me the manos, and I go, "Okay, but do you want me to sign this? I know I wasn't in this episode. If you want to keep it, you know, if they were nice people, I would like offer to not sign it for them." And a lot of most of them would go, "No, please do," you know, but. There were people who go, oh, thank you. You know, they just didn't want to. They, they didn't, they didn't want to hurt my feelings or upset me. <laughs> but the people who didn't care about my feelings, they were the people who. I, I love it. You know, you want? Oh, I think you missed me. I. You want me to? I can. Yeah. yeah. One more. There's one more right here. <laughs> oh, maybe you. Uh, you know what? Let's go over this real quick. Actually, I. Yeah. What the fuck? Why not? Real quick here. The 10 most unwatchable films featured on Mystery Science Theater. This was uh, printed by Paste Magazine. Okay, I probably haven't seen most of them. Okay, yeah, that's just all you got to give me is a couple words here. Oh, yeah. they, they have uh, The Starfighters. Don't know it. Don't know that one. The Skydivers. Don't know it. Okay. Invasion <laughs> of the Neptune Men. Nope. Nope. The Creeping Terror. Yes, I think I saw The Creeping Terror. Very bad. Very bad. The Slime People. Slime People was one of mine, I think. I think that was a season one. Hmm, okay. Uh, if it's what I remember, which is like a bad Air Force base kind of... Uh, it's your garden variety drive-in monster trash, a race of subterranean reptilian slime dudes venture up to the surface and create a wall of solidified fog yeah, that engulfs that L.A. One, yeah, that was one of mine. That was bad. <laughs> is that what you want from me? That's good enough. That was bad. Bad movie. Bad, yep. bad, ooh, bad. ooh, what a stinky. Ooh. <laughs> the incredible strange creatures who stopped living and became mixed up zombies. Did not see that. No. no. Red Zone Cuba. I saw some of Red Zone Cuba. That's crazy, crazy bad. That's that guy uh, who, what's the name of the dude who? Uh, Coleman Francis. Coleman Francis, mm-hmm. who was responsible for several horrible uh, Horrible MST movie. So on this list, they have the next one here is Manos, who you just mentioned. Right. Uh, uh, Monster A Go-Go, number which I've two. Seen. And for number one, which one would you have any guess? Um, I don't know. Mad Monster? The Beast of Yucca Flats. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't in that one, yeah. but I hear it's really, really bad. <laughs> I hear. I probably won't watch it because it's bad. It's a bad movie. <laughs> Why would you watch that? <laughs> Continue to not watch it. All right, now I seriously have taken up enough of your time. Okay. So uh, thank you, Josh, once again. My pleasure. Continued success, sir. Anything else we should be mentioning about you, the people on Twitter? Uh, at J. Elvis, at J. Elvis Weinstein mm-hmm. uh, would be the way to get me. And uh, no, you know, just look for the movie uh, Michael Day Barr, Who Do You Want Me to Be? coming hopefully towards a film festival in a city near you. And. Uh, 
There'll be an Acme movie coming out, uh, the Acme in Asia movie coming out uh, next year. Yeah, you can guarantee that I'll be mentioning that a lot I once it's ready up here to be seen. Acme, yes. yes, once or twice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right on. Thank you. Thank you, man.